Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. He ascended to the Father. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Thank you for following, though. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He'll come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give somebody a hug. Say hello to someone. As you find your seat, go ahead and wish somebody happy day that you're alive. Hallelujah. Good news today, church. He is risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That's good news. Good news. Good news. I grew up Anglican. Uh, that's, I mean, no, that's, not, that's not fully true. I grew up heathen. Um, wildly, wildly heathen. Hey, we got uh, the whole front rows open. So if you're in the back and you're like, I want to be in spitting distance. There's opportunity for everyone at the foot of the stage. Amen. Um, come on, Samuel. Um, yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We know who really loves Jesus. That's a joke, of course. I grew up heathen, and, um, uh, it's, but I was baptized into some uh, church traditions growing up because I called myself uh, Anglican, or uh, as we call them in America, uh, Episcopalian. And I was really excited about being an Episcopalian because I knew that I found the right religion. Have, have you noticed that? Whatever religion you're born into is the right religion? Isn't that a coincidence? Isn't that a funny little coincidence? How you grew up was the, the right way. Uh, how your mom and dad raised you to do things is the right way to do things. And so you kind of expect them to happen that way because it's the right way to do things. And then this weird force comes into your life called your marriage partner. And all of a sudden they are raised in another universe with another way of doing things. That is equally the right way of doing things. Now, all of a sudden, worlds collide and there's the clash of forces to determine which one of you is right. And therefore, which one of you is wrong? One of you is doing things properly and one of you is a failure, right? Like, and that's and that's the message that's really being communicated here. I have learned the right way to do things and you are failing at life. You aren't doing it properly. And if you just listen to me, you will learn how to do things the right way. And, 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 and we do premarital counseling here at Revival Life. We don't marry people who don't go through premarital counseling. Um, and, and if I could just be honest with you, uh, it's not because I think it actually accomplishes anything, right? I, I, I think, I think the, 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 the only good thing about premarital counseling is that it uh, gives us language to use once you actually need postmarital counseling, right? So when, when you get together and you're like, she's doing this, and he's like, but he's doing that, and you're like, remember that chapter of that book we talked about that talked about neither one of you is doing things properly? Yeah, that, that's where we're at now. Let's revisit. Let's revisit what we talked about. So we have some language to not be so devastated when we find out neither one of us are as perfect as we thought we were, and this is, this, is, this is the unexpected reality that we come to in life. This is the wall we come against in life is the reality 
that we're not nearly as perfect as we thought we were. And even, this is, this is the scary part for a lot of people, nobody thought you were perfect in the first place. That, and that's the real scary part. So internally, I know that I have failed. But I got to fake it like I didn't because other people might find out I failed. And then what will that mean about me? Then that's, that's the unknown quantity there. The unexpected force, the wall, as it were, that you meet in marriage is that there is nobody on the planet that thinks you are perfect. As a matter of fact, I, I, this is a happy Easter message right now. Most of your friends tolerate you, right? Like that's what we're really doing. We're around for the good times. We're tolerating the not so great times and we're ghosting the bad times, right? That's what we're doing in life. We are showing up for a good time, not a long time, right? That is what we're doing. We're not signing up for the long term. We're like, as long as this thing is working, I will use it. And so you're like, I don't know why we don't talk anymore. Because they were just, they were done faking the bad times, right? Like that's, and that's the reality of our lives. And we just go around and we get a new group of friends until they realize they don't want to tolerate our nonsense anymore. And then we just find new friends, right? Like this is, this is life. This is life in a nutshell. And, and, and we find out that life is filled with the unexpected. I, I, I like there's a little elephant in our history room here, and it's the coronavirus, right? Like when the coronavirus showed up, the unexpected showed up. And uh, I don't know about you, but when this thing showed up for me, I was determined that I was going to win at coronavirus season. I, I was going to conquer coronavirus season. Coronavirus season was going to serve me. I wasn't going to serve it, I was going to take over. I was going to establish the kingdom in coronavirus season. I was going to let it know what's up, right? And then I got the COVID-19. Now, I didn't get the virus. I got the COVID-19, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, the 2020, right? The 2020-20. I caught that, right? Like, they talked about the freshman 15. I just, just got the COVID-19, right? Like this, I'm, I've, I've blazed right past 15. All of a sudden... When work is within, with, within walking distance of the fridge, the little times at work when you're kind of bored and, you know, you surf Reddit or whatever, like, I would just go into the fridge, right? Because I'm at home, right? And so all of a sudden, I don't know, about six months into it, I realized, hmm, I'm not going to come out of this looking like Adonis. Like, that's, that's actually not going to happen. Uh, the garden is not actually going to flourish. Uh, I'm not going to paint the house. Like, none of this is going to happen. And, 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 and like... I remember the moment I was like, none of that's going to happen. And then I started having new goals like, I'm going to come out of this with my sanity. Like, that is the goal. I'm going to leave the coronavirus season not crazy and divorced and uh, disowned by my children. To me, just keeping my mind in 2020 became the big victory. Like, I had to readjust for the unexpected. I, 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 my wife, my, excuse me, my mom and I, a little Freudian slip there, my mom and I went to... Uh, <clears throat> hmm. went to uh, lunch the other day uh, and uh, uh, for, my, for my mom's birthday I just kind of uh, made a decision in my heart I'm just going to take her out to lunch more often that was kind of like my, my gift to her because uh, we're busy and we get so busy that we leave out the things that should be the most important right like this, this, this unfortunately is what we do and so we're at lunch and um we're over it. Where'd, where'd we go, honey? Because my mom said, my wife, <laughs> Freudian again. My wife sets these things up. We went to, went to Yoke. We went to Yoke. And uh, I'm at Yoke over on military, and uh, we have an order. Nice, nice uh, girl. Looks like a little girl. 
the age of most of you, a uh, little girl. And, um, and uh, we're talking, and uh, we're like, you know, I say, hey, you know, uh, I'm about to go to Good Friday service tomorrow, and uh, we're going to pray, and uh, anything you want me to pray for? And she's like, no, everything's great with me. Uh, maybe you can pray with my mom, and her mom has cancer, and I just declare healing over her mom in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, completely healed in the name of Jesus. And I was like, oh, okay, well, nothing, nothing, no prayer request for you, huh? Maybe you, you should sit down, and I'll stand up, and you can ask me if I have any prayer requests, because i got a bunch of them, one of which is the COVID-19, right? Like, i got, I got prayer requests. And then she starts telling me, you know, got some financial issues, couldn't go back to school, and life is hard. I'm like, oh, well, well, that, 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 I, that I can pray for. That, that I understand. Uh, uh, but but why, why was she so hesitant to tell me, uh, yeah, actually there's things in my life that could go better. And I'll tell you why. We're terrified of failure. We're absolutely terrified that anybody would find out that we're not absolutely excelling at every phase of life. I, I don't know why we're so scared of that, but we are. And, and it's the big secret of the world uh, that you're scared of it. And people who sell things know. And so they sell things based on your fear. And so I, I would ask, you know, for you, what, what was 2020 like? Um, was it a time of reflection? Uh, was, it a, was, it, was it a time that uh, you could slow down and, and think about what's going on? Chances are no. Normally when we're in the moment of the trauma, we don't recognize what's going on. We're just trying to survive. Right? When you're in the grind, you're not trying to get all introspective. You're just trying to stay alive, right? That's it. You just want to make it through this thing. If I just make it through this thing, and later on, you begin to see what happened to you, and your friends and family are like, man, you looked fine. I don't understand why you're a wreck now. That's why they call it post-traumatic stress disorder, right? They don't call it trauma stress disorder because if you're in a stress and you're swinging wildly trying to stay alive, that we expect that, right? That's what we're designed to stay alive. It's afterwards when we're still fighting the thing that isn't after us. That's when we realize, wait a minute, maybe I dragged some of that trauma into me. And, and if you notice, um, generations, they begin to mark their generation based on this collective trauma that they had. Many of us, uh, 9-1-1, 9-11 was that trauma moment that changed our nation's history. There was pre-9-11, and there was post-9-11. You might talk about going to the airport, and you're like, oh, but that was before 9-11, right? And then you start marking time this way. In earlier generations in America, you would talk to older saints, and they would say things like, well, that was before the Depression. Or maybe they lost a child in World War I or World War II or Vietnam, and they'll say, well, that was before the war. They, they mark reality based on that traumatic event. Have, have you noticed that? It's like now things are different after the trauma. And, and we see that all over the Bible. As we study the Bible, uh, they, would, they would say things like, that was the days of Herod the Great, where there was a great persecution happening. And they're, they're marking time based on a collective trauma that happened to the people of God. And I just got to believe, as we were here at Good Friday service, we were talking about the murder of Jesus. Um, and I, and I'm, I just began to reflect on the, the PTSD his disciples had to go through. Right? Here's, here's their, their very, very close friend that they watched get tortured for an entire day and then murdered. I, I, I can't imagine what they were carrying inside of themselves after that event. It must have been, I, I, none of them talk about it in their writings, but I don't mean that, I don't think that that's because it wasn't there. I think that they, in that day and age, didn't learn how to process it well. 
and you just carried trauma. And of course, we know today that's it's not healthy. There's something that happens in, in the life of a believer. There's a, there's a life-altering change that happens when you actually meet the man Jesus. It's like a trauma, but the opposite, right? It's, it's, it's like a trauma, but the exact different thing than a trauma. There's before you met Jesus, and then after you met Jesus and decided to become a disciple, right? There was their life before, and then you were doing whatever, and then I became a Christian, I became, began to get discipled by Jesus, and everything changed after that. And you're like, oh, what, did you start making more money? Were you? No, 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 but everything was different. I'm not exactly sure how, but I know it was different. And this is how you know if you're a natural disciple of Jesus. And it's not for any human being on earth to decide you know, who is a Christian and who isn't a Christian, who's going to heaven and who's not. So, so I'm not doing that. However, um, the Scriptures are clear that you know if you're a disciple because you know that your life was changed after you met him, and things are different right now. And so, you, amen. No, one class, we all clap. Come on. And so the, the question isn't, have you met him? It's, are you a disciple right now? Yeah, oh, I met him in youth group. Oh, that's great. What's going on right now? Eh, you know, well, it's time to meet him again. Right? It's, it's, it's time to re, re, reconnect. These, these, these trauma events, they can be good, they can be bad. Right? Um, good or bad. Uh, having your first child. Good? Yes. Traumatic bad? Yes. <laughs> I like sleep. I like sleeping when I want to sleep. I like eating when I want to eat. I like leaving the house when I want to leave the house. I don't want, I don't want to have a vote on this. And, and I don't want to have a vote on what shoes you're going to wear. I just want you to put on the shoes so we can leave the house because I, like the sun is down. Look, I'll show you. Go to sleep, right? Like it's sleep time. It's not scream time. Scream time was earlier when we were playing. Now it's not scream time. Now it's sleep time. See, we're in the bed? Sleep, right? So there's this traumatic, unexpected things that, that happen in, in, our, in, our, in our life. However, before we have kids, um, we eat whatever we want. Uh, whenever we want, right? After we have kids, we say, I'm not as concerned about what I eat as long as they're eating. I'm not, I'm not as concerned about my well-being as long as they're doing well. There's this life-altering change that's supposed to happen internally after you have your first child, right? And so when you become a child of God, obviously things are different because now you have a father that you're connected to that is concerned with your well-being and you somehow get that, Right? And so Jesus shows up on the scene and um and 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 and, and everything kinda everything kinda changes. Now the week leading up to his death, we know okay, look at the time, we're good. Okay, we know this on on um, you know, when when you look at Jesus coming into your life, everything that you learned about him is different after you met him than before. Follow me here for a second. Um b- before you met him, you heard gossip about him. But after you met him, you learned the real story, right? Like, yeah, if you heard gossip about somebody and then you met him, you're like, oh, that, no, oh, now I see that's okay. Now I know maybe you've been lied on. And then when people actually met you, they realize, oh, you're not this demon whore that everybody said you were. Like, oh, no, I'm actually a decent person, right? Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Use that figuratively if that's offensive language to you, right? Like just figurative, prophetic, prophetic language. That was prophetic language. 
right? Like, that's not who I actually am, right? Like they, you meet, and so we hear about Jesus, and then we meet him. We're like, but they said these things, and you're like, oh, that's what that meant. Like, you're speaking in code, and you didn't have the decoder ring, right? That's what happens when you get saved. You get, you get, you get the decoder ring, and all of a sudden, the stuff that he said actually starts making sense. So this is what happened to the disciples, and, and follow me for a minute, if you would. So we know last Sunday, about a week ago, even though it wasn't, you know, the calendar shifted a little bit, Jesus didn't live by the Roman calendar, but this is, you know, the world we live in. So last Sunday, we celebrate uh, Palm Sunday, where he came into Jerusalem with a triumphal entry, palm branches, Hosanna in the highest, you're the greatest of the great. Jesus goes to the temple the next day, and he cleanses the temple, and uh, we talked on Good Friday about he cleansed the temple because he's like, I'm not getting sacrificed in a dirty, foul temple, right? I am going, I'm, I'm the perfect sacrifice. This place is going to be cleaned up before I come in there and spill my blood, right? Uh, and then we, we know on Tuesday, he's at the Mount of Olives. Uh, we, know, um, we know he has this Passover meal on Thursday uh, with his disciples. And of course, on Friday, he was uh, murdered, uh, which is what we call Good Friday. And um, after, after, <laughs> after Good Friday, uh, everything really changed for the disciples. Things start going really, really, really fast. There's, there's this um, portion of Scripture as we read about the Last Supper. And Jesus is there, His last day on earth. We talked about this Good Friday. And He decides to spend His last night on earth of, that He's free. Like His very last night of freedom. He decides, I'm going to have a meal with my best friends. I'm going to serve them. We're going to worship together. We're going to, I'm, I'm, I, want to, I know they're about to get traumatized. I know I'm about to die, but I want to leave them with something good before I go. And so, and so th this is like the craziest scripture in the world to me. Watch this, watch this. So, <laughs> so Peter, Peter, you know, Peter, Peter, he, he felt himself, right? Like Peter was feeling himself pretty good most of the, most of the, most of the gospels. He's like, no, Lord, I will be the one. And she's like, I made all of this. I don't know if you get this or not. I'm, I'm God, right? And so Peter, Jesus tells his, uh, tells, tells his disciples, he's like, hey, um, by the way, um, after this meal, I just want to let you know it's coming up. I'm going to suffer and die and disappear, and then I'll be back. And they're like, yum. And Peter's like, no, no, no way, no way. You die, I die. You get taken, I get taken. I'm your ride or die, Jesus. It's me and you forever. And Jesus is like, um... No, actually, um, actually, you're not gonna. You're. Mm, it's not gonna work out that way. As a matter of fact, you're you're probably gonna betray me. Peter's like, no way. He's like, today, you'll betray me today. Like, like to, before it's tomorrow, you won't fail me once. You'll fail me three times today, right? And Peter's like, no way. Mm, I'm God, right? Like it's gonna it's gonna happen. And, and we know the story, uh, how it goes. And <clears throat> here's the here's the and here's the crazy part to me. They they have the Last Supper. Uh, they're ready to go out into the Mount of Olives where Jesus will be betrayed and died. And, and here's how Jesus spends the last moments with his disciples. You don't have to go there. Matthew 26, 30. He says, <clears throat> he says and, and after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Leave that there if you would. After singing, Jesus, right before he went to go be betrayed by his own disciple, he's singing with his friends. He's singing with the women. He's singing a song. I mean, we have a lot of pictures of Jesus praying. We have pictures of him healing. We have pictures of him serving. We have pictures of him dying. We don't have enough pictures of Jesus singing. Jesus sang. He sang songs. And he sang songs with people. There's nothing greater 
than singing songs in a crowd of people. There's something that we were created for in this. This is why corporate worship is so powerful because when we are united with other people, if you've ever been in just a great concert that may not have even been in a, in a Christian atmosphere and everybody is singing the same song at the same time and, and, and that song meant something different to everybody in the room, yet we're all collectively lifting our emotion together. There's, and you're like, man, it's almost, it's almost spiritual. And I would say, yes, that's because people are together in unity the way God had decided and wanted it to be all along. And it's that much more powerful when we're together in unity, coming together with our own story, singing a song to God, lifting up our voice, and He is in the midst of the room. Something shifts. You felt it in atmosphere, the atmosphere and worship. You felt it. Something shifts in the room because it's kind of what we're created to do. Now, we know that Jesus and the disciples were singing the Hallel, and that is the collective collection of psalms between one, Psalm 115 and Psalm 118. It's what they sang at these um, events. And they would sing these, they would sing the psalms. That, I don't know why they didn't translate that word psalm, because it means songs. Uh, it's these poems that were meant to be sung. And Jesus and his disciples are singing about how God will rescue people, how we can trust God, how he is our deliverer. And here's Jesus singing a song about the deliverance of God as God in the midst of them who are about to be delivered. I find that super powerful. And so <clears throat> Peter tells Jesus, hey, I'm going to betray you. I'm going to I'm going to ride with you. And Jesus tells him, you know, uh, no, no, actually, you're going to fail. And then the very next verse says this in John 15 after their conversation, John 15, 15, excuse me, John 14, 1. I'm sorry, please forgive me. John 14, 1. Jesus says to him, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And, and, and we just believe, OK, Jesus is promising Peter heaven. And, and, and yes, but I believe there's more. And if you'll just stay connected to me for another 10 minutes, heavenly minutes, like spiritual minutes, not natural minutes, not carnal minutes, but spiritual minutes. If you'll just stay connected for just a couple more moments, uh, as it were in heaven, um, then I will. I, I, I want to unpack this just for just for a moment. Carl minutes, thank you. Carl preaching minutes, if you would just stay connected. It's a lot like Carl leadership talks. Pastor, should we do this or that? And I'm like, good idea. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. Here's what Jesus is telling Peter. Look, I told you you're going to fail. You didn't get it but I want you to have hope. I, I, I want you to have hope. In the time of humanity's failure, Jesus is worshiping. He's declaring a better day is coming. They just thought they were doing the Hallel. They just thought that they were doing the spiritual song, but Jesus is operating on another level and he's telling them, listen, bad times are coming. I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be gone. And they're like, I Wonder what that really means. Wonder what spiritual meaning that has that. He's like, yeah, what that means is they're going to put a knife in me. They're going to put holes in me and I'm going to die. And they're like, spiritually, huh? Wonder what that could mean. 
He's like, they're going to nail me to a tree. They're going to cut some boards. They're going to put them together in a cross. You're going to make jewelry out of it. I don't know why, but uh, they're going to nail me to it. My blood is going to come out of my body, and I'm going to die. And they're like, pour it out for us. Mm, yes, we should all serve more. He's like, okay, listen. Listen, I'm going to be gone, but listen. Here's a, we're going to sing some songs together so you get that a better day is coming. And, and I, just, I just have this question here on Easter Sunday. Do you hear him singing the song of hope over you? Do, do you hear him that in the midst of your betrayal and failure, when you do stuff you know is not what you're supposed to be doing, or you're not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, and, 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 and the world comes to tell you you're a failure, and that is the end of the world, do you hear that Jesus is singing a song of deliverance over you? That he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm going to make it with you. I'm preparing a place. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. Do, 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 do you hear him? You know, I'm thankful for online church. I'm so thankful for all of you who join us. Uh, but, but the problem with online church in this season is that collectively singing with the saints became another thing that's online. And, and instead of being sanctified, like, I need to be with the saints so I can hear Jesus singing the song over me, it kind of became, do, 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 I, do, I, do I watch The Real Housewives or church this morning? So I'm going to watch something on TV. You know, should, I, should, I, should I do it while I'm cooking something else? Like Church kind of became something we do when we don't have something else or maybe something we fill the background with. And the problem is Jesus can't be that voice in our life. Jesus can't just be an option in the midst of voices because Jesus is never the loudest voice in your life. The enemy is always the loudest voice. We have to listen for Jesus. And when we're in a room of people in agreement who are hearing the word of God, that the Holy Ghost of God is moving, then all of a sudden the voices get crowded out and we start getting baptized in the truth. And, 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 and it, it, Jesus can't just be one option among many. He has to be the source of truth in our life. And we're going to just have to sanctify some time to make him real. Jesus, after this betrayal, after he tells them, hey, you're going to betray me, he's starting to teach them. He's like, listen, I need you guys to get this because I'm not going to be around forever. I need you to be able to do this on your own. John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing, right? We start thinking, okay, I'm the branch. We read this verse and we start thinking about our role. I am the branch. If I'm not connected, I can do nothing. Therefore, what does a good branch do? I'm going to be the best branch I can be. I'm just going to make sure I know what fruit this branch is supposed to be bearing. And I'm going to set my mind on that fruit. And I'm going to eke out this fruit. Now, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you know, grapes are made on vines, which in olives, uh, you know, olives are in trees, actually. But grapes are in vines. And, um. And I don't care how, how, how much an olive declare, or excuse me, um, a, a grapevine declares it, it's going to produce grapes. I mean, you can meditate on it. You could sow any, any seed it wants to sow because it can only sow grape seeds. It's going to produce a grape. Why? Because it was made to be a grape. It was made to make grapes. But we are so terrified of what our life will produce will be a failure that we don't just sit around and accept, wait a minute, it's the, it's, it's, it's the branch's job to just be. Like, like the vine is doing all the work. It's got all the roots. All I got to do is just sit out in the sunshine and collect the sunshine and let some photosynthesis happen. What, 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 is, what, is the, what does the leaf have to do? Just turn towards the sun. 
Oh, there's the sun. I will collect some sun rays. And I will just deliver whatever is happening internally in the leaf back to it. And the whole thing sends healthy. Then all of a sudden, if it's healthy enough, one day the branch sends up a few grapes. And I'm just like, look at that. Got some grapes growing under here. And, 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 and for the leaf to think that it made the grapes is foolish. No, no, this is what I was made to do. I'll just, I just collect some. But we are terrified that we're not going to be able to do it. We're terrified that we're a failure. And I have a super, super encouraging word for you today. And I need you to stay connected so I can fully unpack this. I don't want you to leave and not know how to apply this to your life. Are you ready? I, I, want, I, I want you to get this. Ready? We are a failure. I need you to get that. I need you, I need you, I need you to get that. I need it to be deep in your spirit. We're, we're, we're terrified. We're terrified that someone is going to find out. Hey, Jesus still loves you. <laughs> Listen, we are terrified that someone's going to find out that we're a failure. We don't want to be Peter. We've been, taught, we've been dragging Peter ever since that day. Peter's the failure. Peter's the failure. Peter's the failure. I got news for you. So are you. So am I. We're all failures, but we're terrified somebody else is going to find out. We, 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 we fail at managing our week. And so at the end of the week on Sunday, we disconnect from God to try to get more stuff done as if that is going to make your week come together. We're, we're, we're failures. We, we, like, like we're so terrified of being failures. We want to act like we don't really need God. Like God is somehow he's benefiting off of our relationship. Like sure, he's sure lucky he's got me. Like no, 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 actually you do nothing for him. God needs nothing. He's actually secure all on his own. He just walked the earth as God. Let the world know that gravity don't affect me. Your little toy, your, your manipulation don't affect me. Walls don't affect me. This little thing you call death, not scared of it. That don't affect me. Like he, he, he walked the earth letting us know that I am complete. I am, I am perfect. There's nothing wrong with me. You need me. You actually need me. And I came here because you're too dumb to recognize it on your own. I got to come down and let you know. You're failures. We're all failures. People, humanity, we are failures. And we're terrified that someone's going to find that out. Jesus was not affected by this, though. He wasn't affected by it. He, he, his joy was fixed on something greater than this little life he was going through. That's how he could sing on the night he was going to be betrayed. That's why he could sing encouraging songs with his disciples on the night he was being betrayed. And so I would ask, you know, in this season of post-trauma, I want you to meditate on things like, what is coming out of my relationship with God? Am I feeling more secure Am I feeling more comfortable in my own skin? Am, am I recognizing, hey, this is who I am. I have failed at things, yet here I am. I, I, this, is, this is stupid, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I, I like spicy pickles. Come on, Hannah, that's why the anointing of God is on you. See, the spicy pickles are the only vegetable the Lord loves, right? This is what... That's why his... Meat is to do the will of the Father, you know, not as, not as kale, right? And so I decided I wanted, I, wanted to, I, wanted to make some, I wanted to make some spicy pickles. I was going to make Carl's spicy pickles, and these were going to be way better. 
than other people's spicy pickles. And here's my problem. If you want to know, if, you, if you're sitting there right now and you're like, what is this guy's problem? I'm going to help you out a little bit, right? Um, I can't just buy stuff, like, because then I feel like I cheated, right? So if I just buy spicy pickles, I feel like I cheated. Like, anybody could just buy spicy pickles. So I thought, I'll buy some cucumbers, and I'll make my own brine, and I'll make them. And then I'm like, well, anybody could buy a cucumber. I need to grow cucumbers, right? And so I say to myself, well, anybody could just grow a cucumber. I need to make my own soil. I'll make my own soil then I'll plant a cucumber seed in the soil, I'll raise it, and then I will make some pickles. Now, I don't know if you've tried to grow anything in South Florida, um, but, but apparently those vegetables are tasty and the bugs have found out, right? They, they know that all these plants taste very good and they will destroy anything you try to grow in South Florida. And people are like, well, you want these natural, like, I'm like, what, what chemicals can I pour on here? Like, I, I don't mind if it's a toxic waste site right here. I just, I just need the bugs not to live. They're like, Oh, no, no, you got to go organic. I'm like, okay, organic. What, 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 what do I need? Well, you got this soap you got to put on it. I'm like, I'm washing plants. Okay, why am I washing plants? Spicy pickles. Okay, got it. So I'm getting this all-natural soap, and then you got to buy these bugs that hopefully will eat the bugs you don't like, and the bugs who like those bugs won't eat them. you got to pray all these things into existence, right? And so now I'm like raising cucumbers, and I'm like calculating how much these cucumbers cost that I'm, that I'm raising. I'm like, that's like a $40 cucumber right there. That's... That's a lot of jars of spicy pickles. I don't, I don't that's about a buck fifty for a bar. And I got about, like, these better be some golden cucumbers that I'm about to make right now, right? So, like, five months later, when, like, every time I went to Publix, they've had cucumbers. They just looked perfectly fine, right? But I, I grow these cucumbers, and I open it up, and I'm like, this don't look like no cucumber I've ever eaten in my entire life, and I'm not changing that right now. Like, I don't know what this is, right? And so I, um, I ditched the idea of growing a cucumber, and I... Um, and, I, and so I buy some cucumbers at Publix. That's a lie. I, I, Tracy bought some cucumbers at Publix for me. Um, she brings them home, and that costs like a dollar, and, and, and it took 10 minutes, right? Where, I, where I've invested a portion of my life into these failed cucumber growings, right? Like that, and this is what happened. And, um, and so then I start, I start coming up with the perfect, perfect spicy pickle brine. And then I see the ingredients I got to get. And I'm like, that's like $60 of ingredients. And I already got the cucumbers. We're just talking about, I'm not drinking the juice. I'm not, I mean, it's not like this isn't a cocktail. I, I just want them to taste good. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm starting to calculate like what these, like, okay, I got a year of my life. I, I, got, I, got, I got a side of my house that looks like a farmer who was drunk all the time. <laughs> this don't look like nothing. Nobody wants to grow nothing in. <laughs> And I got these carrots that are already going bad. So I'm going to have to buy some new carrots. And then I got an ingredient list of like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. I don't know. It was crazy. I, I, got, I got like a whole irrigation system on the side of my house because I had to set it up myself with my own timer and my own drip feeder that I made myself and regulated because that's, I, got, I told you I got problems, right? And so, and so then um, I'm looking at this ingredient list. And, 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 and more than me liking to do things myself, you have to know this about me as well, I'm very cheap, right? Like I don't actually want to spend money on anything. And so now I'm starting to wonder, was this all in an effort to keep from giving Target $1.80 for their delicious spicy pickles? Is that, is that with this entire, have I just spent a year of my life to not spend a dollar? And, uh, and then I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm like, honey, are you, are, um, <coughs> you going to Target by any chance? <laughs> 
Can you pick me up some of those delicious spicy pickles? Because <laughs> I haven't had any about a year and I really miss them. <laughs> I just want a spicy pickle. <laughs> I'm never going to find my identity in Carl's spicy pickles. I have failed. I have absolutely failed at making Carl's spicy pickles. But now I have delicious spicy pickleness. Right now I, I have it. And, I, and this, is, this, is, this is stupid. But at the same point, I just had to say, like, watch this. Carl, you failed. Like, this is, this is a fail. Like, this is absolutely a fail. Now I have friends growing stuff. I'm like, have fun. I hope you don't actually want the food. You just want to grow stuff because that's all I ever accomplished. I just grew stuff that I didn't ever want to eat, right? Like, I, I, I have, and, I, and this, is, this may sound stupid, but I had to come to the place in my life where I'm like, yeah, fail. That was a fail. I absolutely failed. Hey, Carl, have you thought about growing? No, no. I mean, I did, but then I failed, and now I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not failing over and over again at the same stupid thing that would only cost me $1.50 to buy at Target. And, and, and in America, like, especially you Enneagram ones out there, me saying that you're a failure, you're like, whoa, I don't know about that. Let's, uh, whoa, slow down a little bit. I mean, I may not get everything perfect, but failure is probably a little too strong a word. Let's just be honest here. I didn't actually fail. It wasn't not a failure. Not a failure, just it could have been better and it probably wasn't my fault. Right? It was probably, it was probably, probably what somebody else did that caused me to not be able to be successful. That darn sun kept coming up every day and burning all my plants. <laughs> I curse you, sun, right? Um, I get it. I, I, I get it. But if we don't figure out what success is in our lives, um, we're going to keep failing according to what the world wants us to do. It, okay, I need you to get this concept. Your life is a blank check and the world wants to spend it. Your life is a blank check the world wants to spend. The world absolutely has an idea how you should spend their life. And not for nothing, it's to benefit them. Right? So what are you supposed to do with your life? Just open a magazine. They'll tell you what's important. Oh, you're a parent? Oh, you don't want your kid to have problems, do you? I mean, uh, like dietary I mean, like serious dietary problems. Better spend $9 on this formula. Like, with the organic what? I'm sorry, what? Like, my, I, I, you know, I think my mom gave me vodka. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't organic, whatever it was she gave me. Well, although I do have problems, I admitted a moment ago. Um, but in 20 years, I have a feeling we're going to find out the organic didn't do any better than whatever they were stuffing in our mouths 20 years ago, right? Like, they didn't have specialized stuff. They're like, just mush it with a spoon and give it to them, right? Like, this, what, what, what are the kids having? I don't know, making steak and potatoes. Uh, steak and potatoes, just mash them up and give it to the kid, right? But now the world wants to tell you, if you fail at something, you actually are a failure, and you spend your money, and I'll keep you from having to encounter that reality of failure. They, 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 wanna, they, they want you to spend your life on what benefits them. And, 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 and um, we're terrified. We're absolutely terrified that the world is going to find out. What, I'm just, I just tell people. I just tell people all the time. Yeah, no, I'm not good at that. No, I, I, I'm, I'm just very not good at that. Hey, pastor, can you, um, can my wife and I have, have some challenges, whatever. I'm like, I'll meet with you once. I'd love to meet with you once, but I'm going to tell you my opinion. I'm going to tell you what I think you should do differently because marriage counseling, no, I will fail you at that. I'm, you know, you'll want to sit there and want me to hear both sides and all that. And I'm going to be playing guitar halfway through because I'm going to check out because I fail at people like, oh, it's so prideful. You no, I'm bad at it. I'm really, really bad at it. I don't know if you know this, but I preach for a living. And if you want to sit in a room with someone who's going to listen, the guy who can talk 40 minutes without anybody talking back is not the guy you want to sit in a room to hear you out. It's not a good skill set to bring into the room. 
Now, if you're a dude, you don't want to go to marriage counseling, you don't want to have to share, bring your wife to me. I'll do all the talking. You won't have to worry about anything because it's what I do. I fail at these things. I fail at making spicy pickles. I fail at marriage counseling. I fail at lots of stuff, but it has created room in my life to actually focus on what I'm good at. It, that, 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 that is, that's what failure has done for me. What failure has done for me is say, guess what, Carl? You are not going to be all things to all people, so I need to come to grips with where I have failed, put up some signs and say, don't go there anymore, Carl. Because this over here, this, this, this part of the branch that you are, you're really good at that. Maybe we should focus on this. Instead of being all things to all people, I just, why don't I just be me? I'm not, and so I just let people, hey, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at that. No, you're probably good. No, no, really, I'm bad. I'm not good at that at all. I, well, you should give it a shot. Um, no, uh, absolutely not. I, I think you would like that because maybe you want to watch me fail. But I'm not failing. I, again, I'm a failure at that. I'm not doing that. And I am totally okay with that. It has freed me up to be me. Peter couldn't see this. Peter couldn't see his own frailties. And, 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 and he tells Jesus, you know, I'll never leave you. But then they show up in the garden. They, they, they show up in the garden and then Jesus stood up to his questioners twice. They're like, oh, is this? Who? He's like, I am. I am. Right. And, and when, 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 when they asked Peter, are you connected to him? Peter's like, I am not. No, I'm, I, 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 I'm not. When Jesus is on trial, he didn't deny anything about himself. He, Jesus was fully in himself all the time knew what he was called to do, knew his identity, fully stood, stood in his purpose at all times, refused to do things that he knew he was neither capable or called to do. He denied nothing they said about him. Peter was put on trial in that courtyard and he denied everything. Peter didn't, he could not recognize his own failure. Peter was a failure. Peter was a failure. At life, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He was the bishop, the first bishop of Rome. Absolutely not. Was he a failure that night? Absolutely. I, 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 you know, Peter was a failure, and, and, and so are we. And so are we. So are you, and so am I. And the question is, what does that say about you? Does it mean that you are a failure, or does it mean you start getting real with where your life is? Here's what Jesus said. Let's look at it again. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. What that means is anything you can accomplish in your life without Jesus is not important. It's just not important. Oh, I can go do this on my own. Great. You're not actually accomplishing anything that will last for eternity, though. I made money without Jesus. Great. I don't know what you think that's going to do for you the day after you die. You could do Jesus like, listen, I, I really I've seen the end and I saw the beginning and I can let you know that if you're not connected to God, none of this is going to last. And here we are in the middle of the story. No, 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 God, I, I really think even though you've been places I haven't been, I think I know what, how things are going to work there. It's like, yeah, no, you don't you don't quite you don't you don't quite get it. Jesus, he was betrayed and I'm almost done now. Oh, Jesus, help me. Uh, he, um, uh, he, he, he's betrayed. Um, he's being crucified. He's nailed to the cross. What do we find Jesus doing? Jesus is still singing psalms. I mean, the church misses it. They, they, they misses it. We, we know he, he's on the cross and he's, he's, he's repeating 
Psalms. He's going through a, a, a book of Psalms that you say at certain times. And, 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 and Psalm 22 is the one most commonly recorded in the Gospels. Psalm 22 starts this way. Let me know if you've heard it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. And people are hearing him say things. And if you remember all the disciples left. And all we have are people who don't know him telling other people what he said up there. And they're like, oh, look, Jesus. He said that God abandoned him. No, he's declaring the Psalms over himself. See, Psalm 22 starts with, man, you have abandoned me. But Psalm 22 doesn't, doesn't end there. He talks about his mom in Psalm 22, talks about the woman. And then at the end of the Psalm, he starts talking about how my God in the midst of my praise shows up for my deliverance and that the kingdom of the Lord will be established forever and that my God, all the nations of the earth will prosper from your glory and your beauty and what you will do through your salvation. Yeah, yeah, he may have said that thing, but that's not the whole story. The whole story is that Jesus was connected to the Father and because of his connection to the Father, even the complaints of the world turn into the praises of God. Can you hear what I'm telling you? Connected to the God of all eternity, all of a sudden Jesus is prophesying a better day. That's the lie of dead religion. The, die of, the lie of dead religion is that God can't be trusted. But we need to make a conscious choice to align with what is right. You remember, um, you remember last year, maybe no, it was like 2019 when minimalism got really big. You remember that? You, you remember that minimalism kind of was taking over everything and the question for minimalism was, what's, what, does it spark joy in my life? If it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. And so now everybody's on this mission. They got a new thing to do. But what, what, what happens if, you know, smoking cocaine sparks joy in your life? Like, I mean, like, what, what happens if ghosting people who love you sparks joy in your life? Um, that, you know, what, what makes me happy is probably not how we're supposed to be living our life. We need to live a life deeply connected to Jesus to find out what is going to be prosperous in our life. <laughs> we, we, amen. And we find Jesus in his last moment worshiping. We see Jesus serving his disciples. You, you better carve out some room to worship God and to serve the people of God. Jesus was murdered, spent three days in the ground. He comes back to life. And now all of a sudden, I believe after the trauma of the resurrection, things start to make sense. See, it's in your failure that you find that Jesus is more than enough. It's only there. I mean, it's only when you find out the end of you that you find out where Jesus really is. He's right there at the end of who you are. So in your failure, you find out, man, Jesus. And then Paul wrote this about it, Romans 8, 1 and 4. If I could get the worship team to come up. Amos wrote, Romans 8, 1 and 4. He says, therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? You are a failure. You failed at the law, so now you get God's grace. It's not till you realize the law will not save you that you can actually go into God's grace and say, but Christ is more than enough. I can't keep all the rules, but Jesus kept them for me. I can't be righteous enough, but he is my righteousness. I, I, I can't be good enough, but he is good for 
me. Do, do you understand what I'm saying here? It's only in that moment that we understand. Now listen, you failed at dead religion, but Jesus is alive in you by the Spirit. You can't get that till you fail. You can't get it till you fail. Salvation just is recognizing, wow, this perfection that I've created, I can't obtain it. This, this, this perfection that I've idolized, I can't ever do it. Jesus Christ did it for me. He's, he's like, hey, I got it for you. Amen. He's like, I can't ever, I can't get it right. And Jesus like, I tell you what, I'll just do it for you. God, how am I going to get where you called me to be? You'll never get there, son. You be you and I'll get there for you. You just do what I tell you to do. And you, oh, my relationships are constant failures. You just be connected to me. You just be you. And out of the vine of my love, just is going to pop up some fruit. Some supernatural, supernatural fruit. You see, on the other side of the trial, on the other side of your failures, where you're going to find out that you're not perfect and it's not as destructive as you thought it was. The world doesn't want you to find out that nobody is expecting you to be perfect. The world doesn't want you to find out Jesus rose from the dead. Disciples are out fishing. Remember that? They're back to fishing, and now they can't even catch fish. You can't catch any fish. If you can't catch fish, you're, you could be an apostle, right? They can't even catch fish, so. So Jesus tells his disciples, hey, throw your net on the other side there. And they throw their net on the other side and they catch a bunch of fish. Peter's like, I know who that is. I know who that is. And so he, he puts his clothes back on and he, he's like, I'm not even waiting for the boat. I'm swimming. I'm swimming home. And Jesus is just like, this is, <laughs> Jesus is just chilling, right? He's got, a little, he's, got a little, he's got a little fire going. He's cooking fish already. Like he didn't even need Peter's fish. Like I already got fish, bro. I see you making some, but I, I, I already got some. And then I like to believe I like to believe that post-resurrection, things start making sense. Watch it. Peter has a conversation with Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm your ride or die. And Jesus is like, eh, you're actually going to fail me today. And then Jesus says this. Let's look at it again. John 14, 1. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If we're not so, I would have told you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. What? what wait. <laughs> Here's what, here's what Jesus was telling Peter that day. Peter's like, I'm never going to fail. And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you will. But here's what I need you to know. That's not going to affect me and you. Our, our, our relationship is bigger than, than, than your failure. You, you see, you're going to deny me and you're going to be at your very lowest. But I don't want you to think that that has anything to do with me and you, man. We're connected. I love you. We're, we're connected. We're, we're, we're intertwined. Like, don't, don't, don't get it twisted that somehow your inability to do everything means that our relationship... I'm, 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 hear, hear this. He tells them. Like, you, you tell me you're going to fail. I tell you you're going to fail. But I'm still going to make a place for you. You're going to fail. You're going to deny me in the garden. People are like, when is his restoration? He never had to be restored. Before he ever sinned, Jesus said, I'm, oh, by the way, you're going to fail, but I'm, I'm, I'm still making a place for you. And so here's, here's Jesus. Peter's got this condemnation on his heart. And Peter's like, fishing, has to be contemplating how he didn't stand up for his Messiah. And then he sees Jesus. What's Jesus saying? Come to the table, son. 
Come to the table. I have a spread for you. I have a meal for you. I'm ready to gather around. I'm ready to get. I mean, I mean, they had a meal together the last time they were close. Next time he sees Jesus. Come on, let's finish that meal. Let's break bread again. Let's 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 just rebuild fellowship again. Jesus was setting up Peter to fail forward. He was setting him to fail forward all along. See, dead religion is going to knock you back three steps. Dead religion says that what you're able to do has something to do with you and God. Jesus says, man, I'm, 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 you're, going, you're going to fail all the time, and it's going to be for your good. I'm, I'm going to turn it for your good. This is life in the Spirit, where even when you fail, you win. Stand with me if you would. This is, this is life in the Spirit. This is what we invite you into today. In, on this Easter Sunday. We're going to sing very briefly here in a second. But I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't just give you an opportunity to decide I'm a failure and I need Jesus. Here, here's, here, here's what I want your resolution for 2021 to be. Here, here, here's what some, We need to normalize failure in 2021. This is what we need to do. In 2021, we need to normalize failure. We need to stop asking people around us to be perfect. We need to stop punishing them because they're imperfect. We need to recognize, man, Peter failed. I failed. You failed. I don't expect you to be perfect. But it would be better if you followed the perfect God. We're going to sing in a second, but if you would just close your eyes and just bow your head and I'd like you just to have a conversation with Jesus I'm, if, if you're from a church background I'm not calling anybody to go anywhere or do anything right you're going to stay right where you're at no one's looking not calling you out no one's going to bombard you I want this to be private prayer time worship team if you don't look around I'd really appreciate it just, but keep playing because you sound good um, if you're like man I'm ready I'm ready to fail forward I failed at lots of stuff but this thing in life being connected being connected to God, I have failed. And there's only one remedy, and that is to let Jesus know what He already knows. I have failed without you, and I'm ready to come to the end of myself, and I'm ready to bring you in to let you be my success. I don't know, maybe you're in a tough situation, and you came to church, and you don't even know why. I'm here to let you know this is why. Jesus lifts a heavy burden. Jesus is the comforter. Jesus is the one that says, you thought you messed everything up, yet I made a meal for you before you even recognized me. And he's calling you back to the table right now. Sit with me. Let's talk about it. Sit with me. I got you. Before, before you ever called out to him, he made a way for you to come back. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I just want to know who I'm, 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 I'm praying for here. And uh, If that's you, I just want you to just put your hand just to God. Just put your hand up and down. You don't have to leave it up. You don't have to wave at me. Please, nobody looking around if you would. This is between people and God. Just, yeah, I see you. Yep, I see you on the right. Yeah, I'm praying. I see you. I see you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you right now. You're saying, I am going to make this step to recognize I'm not as perfect as I thought I am. And I'm normalizing not being perfect in my walk with God. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be mean. I want to be the best me I can be. And without Jesus, that's impossible. Come on, man. Turn up just a little bit here. I just, want, I just, I just feel in the room. 
I'm going to pray here in a second. One more second. Holy Spirit of God, I, I pray that you would come and you would comfort people back to life. Out of the false and into the real. Into where being a failure is not so bad. Now we know where we need to grow. And, and, and for me, failure looked like just go to Target and buy the, buy, the, buy the pickles, Carl. Stop thinking that you can be a farmer and a pastor. I don't know what, I mean, in a billion other things like that. I don't know what that means for you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Oh, no, we're not singing yet, NSH. I appreciate that, though, but no. Come on, band. Come on in for me. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting here. This is I. This is Pentecostal Carl coming out. I fail at doing a cute little service. I am a failure at that. But I'm very good at getting people connected to God. Bring them in a little more for me, there, uh, Valentino. Come on. I just feel in this, in this, in this atmosphere. Come on. We're gonna pray this together, and you may need to pray it again. We're gonna pray it together. Just come on. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus. I now figured it out. I figured out the problem. I'm a failure. And I was never designed to be perfect. You don't expect me to be perfect. Other people aren't expecting me to be perfect. I just want to be me. I want to freely serve you. I want to freely serve your people. And I want to be connected to you. I recognize that you're my savior. You're the perfect one. So I don't have to be. Wash me clean. Fill me with your spirit. Give me new life. Help me down this road. Because I don't know the path. But I know you know the path. And I will follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's sing it. Come on, bring him in, Valentine. Come on, come on, give a shout to God. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, give a shout to God. Give a shout to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Sing it out, come on. Resurrection Sunday. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. It feels awesome to gather with friends and family and celebrate the most amazing day.